wife actually even said to me, she's like, you could totally go and get like uh, uh, implants now. They'll take care of you in the back of your neck. And like, I'm like, baby, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be 42 on Sunday. I'm beyond the point of giving a shit about having a good eyebrow. <laughs> that's so funny man it's like but you can pencil he's like i don't care i'm done i don't care i want to hear it and i also don't care it's so funny man welcome to the party we are looking for more your podcast for all things gaming with a focus on mmos rpgs game development and gaming culture i am your host phoenix also known as Samorg. i'm joined today by our one true only party member today friend fail what's up everybody yeah real quick if you're wondering where nathan is he uh he wasn't able to make it we were planning on it friends but unfortunately he was like landing at the time of this in another place so he was just not able to make it happen um so we're gonna miss his presence today especially for one specific conversation that i know renfield is gonna be limited on sharing certain things that he can because well we'll get to that in a little bit but i'm gonna rant about it plenty so expect a lot of lulls but before we do dig in too far as usual got to give a shout out to all of the supporters here on twitch YouTube and Patreon. Thanks so much for keeping this party's bags packed and provision stocked for all of adventures here on the show. That super works well considering we do DD now. <laughs> so, um, look, it, it, as always, if you want to show us some love, you can go over to a uh, pinned post on our Twitter, which is at the LFM show over on Twitter. Go there, check the pinned post. You can uh, click on all of our podcast places if you want to listen to it, you want to catch it on YouTube. Um, and with that being said, uh, one of them specifically is for iTunes. If you go there, we'd really appreciate a five-star review. If you believe in us, leave us a comment. If you do, we'll read that here live on the show. Also, you can call in to 1-539-664-6801. Shoot us a mail message over to at the LFM show. Sorry, the LFM show at gmail.com. We'll get some grunt to get that to us when they're good and ready out in the campaign world. Friends. We're going to catch up a little bit with the cast. It's good to see you all here in chat. Much love as always. Had a hell of a Ashes Pathfinder podcast last Sunday, which is a sister show of this uh, this podcast. You can catch it specifically for Ashes of Creation. You'll hear us touch on that game here from time to time. But if you want to get the meaty details for that game, check it on Sunday, 5 p.m. And this show, if you're listening and you want to catch us live here on Twitch, is Thursday at 5 p.m. central and i always encourage people to come check us out when we're live here because you just catch things you can you just miss if you're not here in chat for this podcast when it's live so with that being said friends we've got a few stuff and things to talk about we're gonna piggyback off of some uh, other conversations but renville oh, renville <laughs> was that you doing weird stuff for the whole casting couch narrative or something I have no idea what you're talking no, that's about. That's what I thought. It's unbelievable. It's got to make. Yeah, there is a couch show. over in that direction, but you know. Oh, geez, man, I got nothing. I got nothing except for this is bullshit and lies all all around. Look, what have you been up to in the past week? Our last D and D session on Sunday was pretty damn. It was good, man. That was good stuff. Holy We're shit. definitely. I, I feel like the last few sessions, in particular, I think we finally come together as a group, and so it's 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 rolling really oh, good yeah. each session now. I feel like every mm -hmm. time we sit down, we're starting to have 
just fun from the get-go. We've got all the systems working. I think we're filing on all cylinders right now, and I think people are finally starting to get a little bit more into their characters, so we'll probably start to see a little bit um, right. more uh, role play coming into play. So I've been trying. I've been trying, but I'm like, I'm plagued with the bad rolls just when I want to feel confident or some, some, something happens. Like I'm, I try to get into RP mode and then it's like someone in chat, like, you know, goes, Hey, let's have this, somebody throw a fireball at the Paladin or like, let's have a bridge break, which isn't a decision by chat. It's just circumstances that happen. And then, you know, uh, I, I get like, you know, Oh, well, let's go. I go through the door. There's a bunch of bad shit waiting for us when ideally I wouldn't be the one to it. Make good choices. I feel like I, I just got to I gotta pick my moments, man. I got to pick them in the middle of combat, I think, is what I'm learning. I need to pick my moments in the middle of combat. I think specifically when I cast Bless, because that seems to be a really good opportunity for RP, where generally nothing but good is going to happen for the party because they get buffed. So, I don't know. Spell too. I, think, I feel Jeez. like it's way more powerful in 5th edition than it was in previous editions. But yeah, it's a I good love it. spell. It's a good one. I haven't used the Pally Bubble spell yet. I, it's there, but it's, it is there to use. I haven't yeah. used it yet. I feel like, yeah, I got like hammered <laughs> the last time. Not not in like in the way that you get intoxicated hammered. In the way that like the enemies just bombard you with damage. It happened a couple times. I was like, oh, go, oh, I'm gonna die. And I didn't. Luckily, I did. Uh, did use my uh, my hand though to lay on hands. Mm -hmm. So then Nathan curses me. I know, right? What was that about? He totally wasn't here. If he was here, we'd be talking about it. But he was like, he said something about don't roll a one. I'm sitting there going, why would you say that? Why would and you say that? And he was rolling tons of ones. And then I ended up rolling ones and or real low numbers. It was like, oh, dude, he cursed me. He cursed me with low rolls. He brought he gave me his curse or his dirt or filth or whatever he was saving up but i gotta make a note real quick this is like to anybody who's contemplating sponsorships partnerships whatever i had someone and i'm not gonna name anything okay but i am gonna say this is my moment to go i just want y'all to know i'm true to my word you have an opportunity to make a little money as content creators sometimes i'm still a man of principle man I'm not going to on principle, okay? And so I had something that came across. I shared it in chat. I'm not going to share names or anything, but had a platform come to me and go, yo, we'd like to onboard you to utilize our platform to like monetize the, your stuff or whatever. And here's the catch about monetizing your stuff. Like I'm not really big on like trying to put, you know, like sign up for tons of different platforms and like actually have to like, manage a lot of shit like there's a lot of platforms you can go it's like get them to purchase your games here get them to use these stream loots cards i mean stream loots that's something i did for a while it's cool you got to do a lot of management and i'm like if people want to support me they can get a sub they can donate money they can go to patreon whatever um, they can donate that way if they want to i'm not going to try to nickel and dime everybody in my stream or in like off my youtube every time i have an opportunity to do that i just don't it it feels it I, it doesn't feel right for me. Like I, if I put a goal up and people want to do something, that's one thing they can choose to do it. It's there, but I'm not going to like every chance I get go, go check out this place so I can nickel and dime you. But here is the thing you, if you want somebody to partner with your platform, or if you choose to partner with a platform, it's important to do your research because 
they clearly didn't research me because if they did, they would have gone and looked at the content I create for years now and seen that I am really hardcore against pay to win scummy monetization methods. And, and Tryon's been notorious for this. And someone that's a part of that was like CEO of Tryon. I can't in good conscience be a part of something attached to a person who was there, regardless of who they are, because that just is like a no go, dude. They pay to win was a part of the game. The try on as a whole was like just kind of treated people bad when they submitted tickets, including myself. It, it doesn't look good for a developer, publisher, whatever, to have that approach to how you monetize your game or how you treat people. So for me, on principle, I can't be a part of something like that. And I think it's important you always do your research, because imagine if I hadn't done my research and been like, sure, it sounds great later come to realize it it's just not a good look for me if i'm the guy who's always talking about no pay to win be good to your player base yeah so many companies don't bother to doing doing their due diligence Mm -hmm. because what they're doing is they're doing shotgun emails out to a list of influencers they're trying to reach out to i'll never forget the last time we did a um it's the last time i turned down an offer with our previous brand with our marginal boundaries brand I had a company come to Chris and I, and it clearly they had never done the research on me because I always mm-hmm. have, I just, I've always refused any sort of where the payment is offered yeah. in, 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 instead of a payment, what they offer you is, well, you can get these co- coupon codes that you can use on our website and you can then book travel that way and book hotels and everything else as opposed to just giving us cash. So they came to me and offered X amount of you know, redeemable coupons that could be used on their website to redeem for hotels and flights and all this other stuff. And I went, you know, I need cash. And they came back and said, oh, well, how much would you need? And I said, this is the amount of work you're doing. This is how much time it would take me. This is what it would cost. It was about the math that I gave them was $9,000. For the amount of content that they wanted me to do, it was $9,000. Their rebuttal was the funniest thing ever because mm-hmm. they were like, well, we could give you $30 cash and and the aforementioned coupons. And I'm like, I don't think you heard me the first email when I said, I don't want your coupons. I mm-hmm. need cash compensation. $30 right. doesn't even approach a livable wage. It doesn't even come mm-hmm. close to minimum wage yeah. for the amount of work that you're offering, that you're asking me to do. And that was the last time. I literally, I don't think I've even checked our inbox Boy. for marginal boundaries for like four years now because I just was like, I'm done. Because the the offers were so insulting for people who were trying to get us to come mm-hmm. to free shit. It's like, no. If you're going to bring us out, you oh, pay man. for flights, you pay for hotels, you pay for the food, transport, everything right. else, and you pay our day rate on top of that for the content that we're producing. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's, people don't do their research. It's unfortunate. Yeah, I saw it when I just was like, dude, you, you sh- I'm like probably one of the last persons you should be asking, you know, and, and it looks like a solid platform. And the person as an individual could be good, but you just you see that and you're like, it's, yeah, it's like an automatic no go. Like there's no real. There's no way to convince come me back from that. Yeah, there's just no way. Like, even if like we're cool and like this seems like a good opportunity it, on principle, I can't because that's just the way I'm built. So it's like, man. Speaking of uh, monetization, so it looks like and this one's coming from Nathan. So I'll share this one. Compliments of the Nathan Napalm here, everybody. And Nathan uh, found this one right here. And this one looks like Sega. It's saying no to NFTs. Did you see that? 
Have you had a chance to look over that? I did read through the article yeah. briefly. Um, it's it's sort of a maybe. Mm-hmm. It's like if if people think it's scammy, then we'll avoid. But I think they're leaving the door open. At least maybe that was my interpretation that the door is being left over <laughs> if they can find a non-scammy way yeah. to do it. They'll scrap uh, its NFT and play to earn plans if gamers don't approve. So basically, this is coming back on the players. Right, reading. which I think it should be. If if player if mm-hmm. players want to support it, let yeah. them. If not, then don't. I was before the show actually. I was laying on the couch, kind of dozing mm-hmm. in and out, um, and I had TikTok going, and uh, there was a couple of of TikToks that popped up about NFTs and specifically related to gaming. And one of them was how the game Stalker 2, I guess, um, I don't know a lot about it, but I guess they recently offered this okay. thing where they were doing a a giveaway where um, you would be able to submit yourself as like the skin for an avatar. The winner would get to put mm. themselves on this in-game avatar, and that would be sold as an NFT. And everybody, the community was asking, well, why does it have to be an NFT? Why can't you just do that giveaway for your community and have that be a really cool in-game item? Which Star Trek Online has done mm-hmm. that. You know, when when Leonard Nimoy died, you know, they put his avatar in the game in a special place and some other stuff. Like, it doesn't automatically have to be an NFT just because that's what's popular right now. But they're making an NFT. And then there, they also covered this interview with Peter Molyneux about his new NFT game. And literally, one of the answers to the – they asked the question of, well, what's going to happen if you decide to shut the game down? What's going to happen to all those NFTs? His literal answer was, that's a really good question that I don't have an answer to. I'll have to get back to you on that one. What the fuck? Like, it just goes to show you that these guys are so, like, tied to money-grubbing schemes that they haven't even thought the long-term consequences Hmm. of what if your game shuts down well we haven't thought that far ahead what what do you mean you haven't thought that far <laughs> yeah, ahead? No like, that's that's part of any business plan is you have a plan a b and c and one of those plans includes well what do we do mm-hmm. if it doesn't work you have to have a failure plan in place right um and him just admitting well i don't have an answer to that and it was like what um so good on sony uh, right sega, excuse me sega sega, uh, yeah. sega for putting it in the hands of their community members and saying if you want it we'll do it but if you don't we won't do it yeah i'm gonna actually read read through this because i feel like it's important to, for people that aren't going to check out the article themselves it's not a very long thing to read through so i'm going to definitely read through it. it says in terms of nft we'd like to try out various experiments and we have already started many different studies and considerations but nothing is decided at this point regard to pay to e or PDE. It says there have been many announcement announcements about this already, including an overseas uh, at overseas. But there are users who show negative reactions at this point. We need to clear, or sorry, we need to carefully assess many things, such as how we can mitigate the negative elements, um, how much we can introduce this within the Japanese regulation, what will be accepted and what will not be by the users. Then we'll consider this further if this leads to our mission constantly creating. It put quotes, constantly creating, forever captivating, which I thought was very, very important to tie that in. Um, so, but if this is perceived as simply money making, I would like to make a decision not to proceed. This was important to me, okay? And the reason that this is important to me is because you're talking about a company, a gaming studio, who's been around for ages, man. This, 
this is this is one of the pioneers in the gaming industry. This is one of the the gaming studios that's been out for so so long, right? Here's why this is important. And I agree with Nero in chat, right? NFTs are the Wild West. There's no laws protecting any of this. And we've talked about this a lot on this show, specifically in regard to game development. Uh, that's why we tie in and talk about Chronicles of Valyria, which is going to get a little nice nudge next to something else in a minute. That's why we talk about NFTs. We talk about Kickstarters and things of that nature because there just aren't very many laws that are regulating and, and protecting uh, the consumers, right? Aside from that, this is important to me for a very, very big reason. I talk all the time about what I believe to be important when developers are creating games, when they've got established games, and that's coming back to the vision. And if you've got like a motto, which they stated, constantly creating, forever captivating, they're they're reinforcing on this. And, you know, how many studios do we see that have been out for a long time who don't even bother anymore? They just have this little catchphrase. They don't take it seriously. They don't really reinforce, come back to it and go, we recognize this is what we say we're about. And we want to reinforce that our decisions are reflective of what we say we're about. So I thought it was important that they tied that in, that they tied in, that they're listening to the community, that they are recognizing that they're seeing negative reactions from people. So they're not censoring it. They're acknowledging it. They're noting it. They're coming back. They're talking about their vision and they're talking about the road ahead. This to me is super important. This is from my perspective, what it means to be like really actually transparent, acknowledging your consumers, really taking that into consideration and trying to put that sort of stuff first. Something not a lot of games or studios, in my opinion, do really that much at all anymore. So it's good to see Sega doing this when we saw Square Enix sort of taking a similar approach to discussions around this uh, most more recently as well. Um, yeah, just nothing but good things to say about Sega as a result of that. <laughs> um, Does Sega have yeah. any MMORPGs in the market? Ooh, that's a good question. I am not sure about that. None that come to mind. I'd love it if... Uh, it would be cool if they did and I just didn't know about it, in which case I would feel a little little bad about knowing it. Don't they Let do Monster see. Monster Hunter? Is that, isn't that a Sega or is that Let me look. But even that's not yeah, Monster Hunter, but that's more like a co op. That's not it see, but well, they are the publisher for Monster Hunter Rise anyway. So Fantasy Star Online? That's yeah, but is that is that Sega? It's called New Genesis, but is that actually Sega? Because I was like looking and I saw that, but I'm not sure if that it is. It says developer Sega and online R&D. I'm looking, I'm looking. Yep. Developed and yep. published by You're Sega. You're right. And I saw another one too, a massively OP. I saw an article from October of last year. Um, Sega's Dragon's Dream, the first console on cross-platform MMOs. So they definitely have their foot in the space. Okay, because I don't know yeah. anything about Fantasy Star Online. Too. And that's Nothing. the other one. Mm-hmm. That's the other ones. These are the two that people would know about. The only, excuse yeah. me, the only reason that even popped into my head was just thinking about them being in the same conversation with NFTs. Almost all the NFTs are taking place mm, in conversations true. around multiplayer and co-op games and these big MMORPG ventures where people are going to be paying to earn in a multiplayer space as opposed to, because there's mm. no, I feel like there's no reason to even have a conversation about mm. NFTs with single player games. Um, yeah this is interesting it's gonna be very interesting to see how um i don't know you know you see like some of the companies that are like we're in on it we know you want it 
or we know we can make money off of you, so we're going to just say that. That was the CEO of EA coming yeah. out saying, mm. we're going to do NFTs, <laughs> and then literally either the same conversation or shortly after going, we're not sure how we're going to do it, but we know it's important, so we're going to be doing it. And it's like, no, you can make money you, off of you're it. You're just jumping yeah. on a bandwagon yeah. at that point. Um, you're just like, ooh, money. How can we make more of it? Right. So, <laughs> man. I'm not a I don't really I had a conversation with somebody who was telling me like how NFTs could be beneficial. Someone in my community last week after our podcast, it was like uh, he, he's been here for a while and he's kind of been big on promoting NFTs to me. And there's been other people who were like, hey, if you did, I would probably get it and stuff. The, I've had opportunities where people are like, I'd like to purchase them if you had them. I could like utilize some of that stuff. And I could go that route. Sure. I just it doesn't. It, it doesn't feel me. And and he brought up a good point, uh, which I think is an important, which is an important one for people who are creators, companies, stuff like that. So I get it from this perspective, which is creating a digital footprint. So I get that. I do get that. It's just, I don't think it makes sense for me uh, as a creator, as doing anything. It's something I'd have to look more into to see, but like I can understand the digital footprint because people that are into that, right, or in NFTs, et cetera, they are looking around, they find a really cool like asset or something that's an NFT, and that links to all of your content or your brand or your what your IP or whatever. Well, then I get it. Right? I get how that can be beneficial for me, though. Cost benefit analysis is it worth the time investment going and doing this? Just to just to further create a digital footprint uh, for Brander IP, I don't really know. I still um, come back to I can't see us doing it with yeah. what we're working on with Weave in the Void because mm. we're doing a single player game right now. And I've talked about this before. If we if we were to go the the multiplayer route, sure we could throw something in the game. It would not be JPEGs. It wouldn't be images on on a website. It would be oh you're gonna plum come player game. I like the idea of the speeder bikes that my brother and I have constantly come back to with Star Wars Republic, where we're playing mm. a 10-year-old MMORPG, and we've got these speeder bikes that have only ever existed at one point in time in the game, and we have these really rare items that no one else is ever going to have. And if we sold them on the market, we could make you know 500 million credits, but wouldn't it be cool if those were actual NFTs and had a real... Mm monetary value attached to them like collector's items like a comic book yes or a trading card or something like that so i get i get how it can be beneficial Mm -hmm. for a game world but i still don't think i i still don't believe in building an entire game around the blockchain just Mm -hmm. because that's the way we should be building the next generation of games it's like build a good game and then if you want to tie in these cool collectible items in game like housing. I think that'd be really cool, you know, have like a limited run of castles that certain people can buy and 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 only have 10 of them and those are NFTs in the game. That's cool. You know, but everything else is peripheral to me and seems like a scam. Um yeah, I don't know. And the lack of regulation and like protection for consumers is like another thing I'd be I, I feel like I, can, I get like it's really cool to be like on the you know edge of innovation and to like be be a part of something that isn't really happening and it's really cool and I think a lot of people look 
you know, both as like developers, creators, like community members, collectors, I think, you know, consumers of any kind, like if I like video games or if I like comic books or I like cards or like whatever it is, like if there's this new like platform or space that, you know, you're, some of the things you love can exist in. I think a lot of people like we love the idea of being in early, like social media has it all the time, right? You get in on it early. It's kind of cool. You can establish yourself. You can do all the stuff. You can network. You can be a creator, one of the big ones, whatever. So there's like people that like a lot of different things and there's a lot of opportunities. But when when I look at NFTs and that stuff, like I just go, ooh, that's just it's like the age of Kickstarter games and stuff like that for me. There's just too many things that I could see going wrong. And I kind of feel like I need to see this like actually regulated like i do you remember way back in the day and i probably have talked about this do you remember that what was it mashed potato kickstarter do you ever remember that happening yeah I do. we talked about this before on the show too, do you remember yeah. that like so yeah. as a lull i created a kickstarter and i was like yeah be a part of, and i completely it was a potato salad, the wasn't it mashed potato or potato salad one or the other yeah yeah it was like something like that make i want to make the best potato salad or whatever i think it was potato salad actually and, and all this stuff and like all these like and it was just they were they were goofing around and people like bought into it and it made kickstarter more popular and even i was like oh cool let's go and i'm gonna I'll make be part of this initiative blah 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 some work and all this and it's basically just to like fund me creating my first website <laughs> it was like a hundred buck goal or whatever and i just did it for fun and most people that actually contributed to it were just people that would have donated me the money to do it anyway um but it was like I was just kind of like laughing about it and doing it just to, just for the lulls or whatever, which now in reflection, I kind of wish I hadn't done because it's up there forever. And I'm like, eh, eh. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't really want this to stick. I hate that it's up there. But it, it's funny because I look at it and I'm just basically laughing at the whole con- uh, concept of a Kickstarter anyway and sort of like mocking it uh, at the time. Anyway, this is before all of the, you know, all of the games started going on there and things like that. I think back then it was like a lot of like smaller projects. It was before some of the really big things really got on there, I think. Um, speaking of big things, have you seen this? There was this recent, I'm going to grab this. This one's one of the ones I wanted to talk about today. And I'm kind of jumping around here. I'm going to save uh, another one that I'm going to probably rant about a lot more for later. This was an article on Massively OP. I don't usually like use it. I prefer MMO, uh, MMORPG.com um, personally. But sometimes there's some things on here that I think are good topics of conversation. And there was like there was an article on here from Star Citizen and Squadron 42, still years from launch, CIG confirms. And that's basically the main thing. And, and here's this quote. I guess we'll see how long... Roberts needs to be uh, to be over CIG COO Carl Jones says, but yeah, it could be one or two more years. He's spending more time over here than with Squadron 42, the team there with our other uh, developers, but it'll be this year when he moves over for longer periods of time. Hopefully that means and here. Hopefully that means in a quote, and it doesn't bode well for me. Hopefully that means we can progress Squadron 42 through a completion faster. We want to get to that game. We want to get that game finished, but it will be finished when it's ready. Nothing about that says that I can rely on your timeline, man. Nothing. I mean, timelines have gone out the window with them. Yes. It's it's 
for years it's it's it'll be done when it's done and um yeah i mean i i kind of feel like any game that is crowdfunded these days that yeah. they rely on that goalpost moving <sighs> they rely upon the flexibility mm. of moving the goalpost as uh, um because if you go to an investor yeah and and get investment money you are bound by terms and conditions yep. you're bound by federal regulation mm-hmm. you are bound to produce something within this certain amount of time and there are always going to be um things in your contract where an, where a, a, an investor mm-hmm. is going to say well if you don't buy this date then this happens and if it goes even further then this happens and there are penalties for going over so everyone is always held accountable by those checks and balances and mm-hmm. that doesn't happen with crowdfunding um and so companies especially in the case of a company like cloud imperial gaming where their community seems more than happy to just let them keep going and continue to give them money which is both good and bad great for them cool you get to build this infinite dream simulator um but <laughs> bad for the overall genre of kickstarter games because i don't think anyone else is ever going to be able to approach that level of um financial stability and mm. it just looks bad from an outside standpoint yeah and I, and I like a lot of the stuff that he's been a part of in in terms of games and things like that and like ips but like this it just didn't re- I, i'm not i'm not big i think the last space oriented game i played was wing commander Interestingly enough, I way did play back in the day, Lancer game. Um, yeah, and I I am in for forty bucks or whatever. I bought the yeah, cheapest I, I pack available yeah. on on Kickstarter years ago. Yeah, uh, but I haven't. I think I've played the beta three times. The mm-hmm. alpha, excuse me, I've played the uh, alpha three times. It's never been what I would considerable consider to be a playable state without a maximum high end computer. Therefore, I don't consider it to be a playable game. Um, you can really only run it if you've got a max in system. Um, and there's just not enough content for me to justify yeah. it. I know a lot of people play it and ha- have successful streaming careers around it and good yeah. for them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's, I really only care about stars. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I really only care about squadron 42 anymore. I don't really care about the multiplayer mm-hmm. online star citizen thing they're building, but I do want that single player campaign because I did love the wing commander games with Mark Hamill and all that cast, Malcolm McDowell. I mean, it was yeah, John Reese Davies. Good, I mean, there was some Wing Commander three and four. Those were like two amazing games in the nineties. Yeah. That just, I remember playing those on the PlayStation mm-hmm. with CDs and like the, you know, full on like a movie, you know, in between the animation sequences. And it was just so cool. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited for the single player campaign, but I'm also I've written it off as a project that may or may not come to fruition. It's no different than certain movies that film Get that, yeah. today, and then they come out seven, eight years later because of things that happen and financing deals that go south and and other issues that make them, instead of being a, a movie that was supposed to come out in two years, it comes out eight years down the road. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know, man. I've kind of... Uh... I, I probably I, I guess I'm just not like into the space oriented games a whole lot. They've never as much as like a fantasy world. Um, so it's not sure. that it wasn't like its presentation was really great. If I was, you know, if that was like more of my genre to, of gaming to like really, you know, play. But I mean, is, was it Elite Dangerous that a lot of people have talked about? 
probably. I mean, and, yeah. and, and the thing with Elite Dangerous is, is that it's just a space sim. Right. Whereas Squadron 42 mm. and Star Citizen by default, it's way more than just the space simulator component because it also has the single player mm. storyline with all the voice acting and the motion capture. And it's like a full on Hollywood production. Mm. And then there's the F, the, you know, the first person shooter, the FPS component of it. Um, so Elite Dangerous is literally like EVE Online. It's fly your ship around in space. And you do missions, and that's it. But there's no, there's no avatars, there's no NPCs, so to speak. It's just ships and stations, and that's it. I've tried it, um, and I did enjoy it <clears throat> for about two months on the PlayStation Four, and then it was like, this is fucking boring. Like mm-hmm. I'm just literally spending three or four hours staring into the emptiness of space. Oh, man. And it was like, yeah, I'm transporting goods and amassing coin to get the next big ship, but there's no there's no missions. Like I need for me, I need a storyline. I need lore. And there is lore and storyline in Elite Dangerous, but it's not presented in a traditional format. It's more of a here's this universe, go explore it and you'll find little things as you explore around. And I like because of the way that mm-hmm. Wing Commander played, that's a linear like uh, it's a linear experience. I'm going to get that single player experience out of it. Like I just played Marvel's Avengers, uh, Marvel Avengers. And that was a very linear point A to point B storyline. And it was highly fun. You know, it was a popcorn experience all the way. And that's what mm-hmm. I want out of a single player game. Yeah, I can understand that perspective as well. Uh, I think that um, there, this other, this other game recently, I did a video on I, I I did a video covering it like yesterday or something, and it's one that I've heard about in passing for a while now, but it's um it's one I didn't know a whole lot about because I think in my mind uh, just hearing about it, it sounded like it was going to be like another space game, and I was wrong. And someone recently was like, "Yo, Sim, have you seen this? Because this is up your alley of stuff you talk about." And I was like, "What is this Earth Two? I looked at it. And this is weird, man. This game is strange. If you if you all want to check it out, I've got a video I put up there. You can go check it out, whatever, and and rant away on that too. I'm looking for more info. I'm still working on educating myself more and more on this one because this game, from my perspective, it's basically like you know Google Earth, that app you can get on your phone, right? Imagine. So their whole thing is. It's Earth, but Earth too. And you could literally go and buy plots of land. And this felt very Chronicles of Illyria. Oh yeah. It felt like it felt like Google Earth meets Chronicles of Illyria, meets like a bunch of other meets Ready Player One, which they cite. So there's a lot of discussion on the site when I go look at it and what I'm seeing. And it's just a lot of superficial stuff from my perspective. It looks like land buying simulator meets Google Earth. And, and it's like it feels like what's what happened with Chronicles of Valera where people were buying land and I'm just waiting for people to for this to pull the plug. I'm just waiting for it because they're talking about a phase of the development where they want to bring it to like they want it to be like ready player one where you like literally plug into VR and the, there's a whole nother a whole nother earth that exists. But it's your world, the people who purchase the land, all this stuff. And I'm like. I don't see how you're going to deliver on this. I haven't seen any metaverse, way. Baby. Yeah, it's literally the metaverse that they're talking about. So it feels to me like what happened is 
someone saw these other things that were like basically trying to get people in like second life you remember that game second life yeah it's, it's like it meets like that game too it's like we're gonna try to take all these things that there's totally an audience for and get get people to buy into this so we can like sell them land and all this there's like running like prices of people buying plots and countries and on the second earth and there's like these videos that are like fluff pieces from my perspective i don't hear anything about how they're going to deliver upon this vision they talk about plans moving forward which seems similar but i haven't seen they're, they, they here's what they say about tech as new tech evolves we're going to be the place that we can you can utilize this tech Okay, what? So you are you waiting on the technology to advance and you're selling plots of land so when it does you can create a world in it and that may never happen cuz that's what it sounds like. It seems super scam starter but without the starter. Just scam. In my from my perspective, I could be wrong, but I'm not seeing anything that makes me believe that this is even going to be possible. I haven't heard anything good about it. Um but I also haven't been following it intimately. I've, I've, like, briefly Weird. glanced at it a couple times because I've seen it pop up on a different con- couple different content creator places. But I've yet to see anybody actually talking about it in a positive light. Oh, and I get hit up all the time on Facebook with sponsored ads. For they're it, constant. They're constantly oh, running. They are constantly running sponsored ads really? on Facebook. Oh yeah, I've probably oh, seen it a hundred times on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's what that's how you cover yourself, right? So you're not like bad mouthing them. You go, in my opinion, and I have every <laughs> right, freedom of speech in the US of A, baby. I can have an opinion and share it, and there's not a fucking thing you can do about it. Because it's an opinion. I'm not stating it as fact, but in my opinion, these motherfuckers scamming people. In my opinion, this shit's about to blow up. In my opinion, that guy who white knighted my, who came onto my channel earlier today, he said some shit. What did he say? Oh, I got to read this. And I was like, <laughs> this is my, my perspective. I cover videos, dude. This is like literally what I do. And he was like, it's, this is, I'm going to actually name what this is just because this is how funny this is to me. The channel stated earth Two, the podcast Right? Lefty Bev said, no one cares, bro. You're pretty late to the hating party. Number one, it's not a hating party. It's a check out this thing that seems pretty clearly to be scamming people, in my opinion. And I'm going to shed light on it. I basically was like, never too late to talk about this mess. White night away. Just go for it. Hey, thanks for the thanks for feeding the algorithm for me. Yeah, people make somebody made a comment today that said like, um, okay. that I should dye my mustache because from a distance it looks like I have a Hitler stash. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, what are you what are you guys even talking about? People make trolley comments sometimes. I'm just like, dude, I've been doing this. I got I've got skin in the game for too long for you for comments like that to hurt my feelings, dude. It just rolls yeah. right off me, dude. Stone skin, baby. Which is probably a spell somewhere in the in the fantasy world. It is I'm a sure. D&D spell. Is it um, really? <laughs> I love well, it. Well, I don't know if it's in fifth edition, but it was in um, second uh, edition. And it's like if you ever played like Baldur's Gate and Icewind Dale, that Stone Skin was a badass spell for your mages because you could cast it and then put like protection spell on top of you, and so you could reflect Ooh. both physical and magical attacks and just nice. wade into the middle of a group of enemies and start nice. laying down area effect spells and That's nice. kill them all. I dig it. Oh, man. So I had to talk about that because it's just it's actually too humorous. It's like the one person that chimes in. They're literally very clearly like 
they love it and they're all about it and it's like dude it, yeah that's cool man it, this thing i think is gonna blow up for real though you're, you're selling imaginary plots of land on what just basically looks like a google earth simulator where you can literally zoom in on it it's like it's like taking the tech for google earth but just breaking it up into plots and going buy it you'll have your own place and so you got people buying like and their plots are like heart shaped or whatever. You can have a plot and I'm you like, can have a plot and you can have a plot and you can have a plot. <laughs> I'm like, it's it's to me, it just it seems, in my opinion, to be another example of recognizing how badly people would love for something to exist and then just going, we're going to bring it to you, even though you're probably not going to be able to deliver on that. I don't see any way that you would. And I'm just going, oh, boy, this is look this is looking this is another reason we need more laws to protect consumers. Cause like there's gotta be a way to regulate stuff like this, man. And this is another example of something that just seems completely no protection, unregulated. And if this thing blows up like Chronicles of Valeria did, which I believe it probably will, then this is going to be another heavy hit to a bunch of people who actually probably truly believed it would be possible. Scary. To me, it's just scary. It's actually really scary for a consumer, for the consumers who would love this. Um, we talk a little bit about open world games. We've talked about some of the ones that are like on the horizon. And I agree. We need, we need, and I'm reading this, the Unfrozen chat. We need laws against loot boxes. I agree. Uh, we are, I know the EU is already like doing this. We, why we're not there yet, I don't even know. But I honestly man. think, you know, I've, I've been doing this long enough now and I've seen it enough. I just think there needs to be completely yeah. just the entire Kickstarter slash crowdfunded market needs to be regulated um, because right now it's not. And and there's way too many things that people can do without government oversight. And it's not that government oversight is necessarily the best thing, but yeah. some type of oversight. Something. Because it's too many things can go wrong um, in an unregulated market. And it's great for the people who can make money while the money's good. But at the same time, it's kind of like thinking back, back, thinking back to when the gold rush was going on and every everybody could go out with a pickaxe and a shovel and potentially strike it, you know, strike it rich. However, this also created these scenarios where you've got the mining companies coming in and they're looking at these 35 claims that are in this area and they want to buy them out and they don't want to sell. So mm -hmm. the, what do they do? Well, they poison the water supply, right? Kill everybody off so that they can, Oh, well, the miners are dead. Right. Guess we're going to go buy the mines from the bank now. Like that kind of shit is what happens in an unregulated space. Um, because profit is king to some people and, mm. um, yeah, like this is the, one of the games that in my opinion capitalizes on this, which I play regularly and I have community members I play in, and this is rough to say it, but it's the, the elder scrolls online. It is one of the most notorious loot box games and it's, it's horrible. It genuinely is a horrible practice and it's, 
I like the game. I play it. I still tell people like, hey, when they're like, hey, what's the great MMO I could play? I still tell them it's it's a good one you can play. It really is. What's the the Khajiit who throws the cards at you? Oh, Pack Rudy. Yeah, dude. The problem is, is this exists. And as long as this exists, from my perspective, it really it's a stain on the game's legacy and, and a stain on the, the franchise as a whole. And there's still tons of people to play it. I'll still be playing it. I will. I don't have to participate in that practice, right? Sometimes I do. If I want something bad enough, I know. Here's the thing. This is the thing. You buy enough of them and there's amount you want. There's usually a gem price on it, which means if I buy enough and I get enough duplicates, I can buy it. Problem is, it's totally RNG based on how many gems I'll get, whether that'll be the thing that pops. It's an RNG crate mechanic. It's still scummy. In my opinion, it is. And I like the Elder Scrolls Online, which is why I hate that this is even a thing. And um, there was actually some uh, this. This is actually something to talk about. I didn't even have it on our show notes, but there was we, we've talked about the Elder Scroll before. And. And again, I say this because I do love the game, right, but I'm not going to filter myself on not talking about things that I don't believe are OK, like just because it the thing that they could be doing that would work towards balancing out the fact that this what I believe to be just not it's not a healthy practice to make money off of your player base because you're engaging people in an RNG mechanic which is gambling there are people that have addictions related to gambling so it's you're literally creating a place where this can happen in a game and with people they love their dopamine right get your fix whatever sure you're not responsible for them but you're also facilitating a place for that to happen and it, that's my that's my thing right and when the vast majority of the best things in the game actually need to be bought in the crown store you don't even balance it out nearly enough now if there were meta achievements in the game where you could earn at least a good majority of you know like awesome amounts that look at least close to that or are comparable in quality and bling and all that well then i think you know, you're doing something more. And I do think that they've worked towards bridging that gap, but it's just not bridged enough, in my opinion. And so you have a, and this is like my segue into talking. This is not a big talk about Delta Scrolls and online, their monetization practices. Um, This is kind of a segue uh, into something else that's kind of happened in the uh, community recently which is uh, there have been so slash lurk is the channel he's a de- creative develop uh creative director um, why am i like messing this up yeah creative director for the game Matt or- uh no this is uh richard lambert richard lambert right so are you talking about him and his wife and their private so his so personal he, twitch yes yeah, so he streams yeah. and a, it was like a month ago or something they actually ended up banning somebody in the channel or the mods banned in his channel, someone who was asking about fixing the game, you know, why are you not focusing on the crown store? So for me, that looks bad. And, and he kind of mocked them too. It looks bad because, and he kind of went off about like, I hate people thinking we're greedy and saying we're greedy and all this stuff. And it's like, right. But if you just silence the person who comes and asking questions when you're a developer, like that doesn't bode well. And so there's already kind of been this like people having frustrations and stuff about kind of the way these things are treated, not addressing certain topics like 
the problems in PvP. And you've got already like this division into people that, you know, are like, oh, the PvPers are messing up our game. And then you got so you've already got like a division between the PvE and the PvP. Clearly not everybody. Definitely. It is part of the community, though. So it's worth talking about. So you've already got people that have this issue. And then like recently that happened. Now, to be fair, I'm going to be fair on this one. Um, his wife was on there and I guess she was like, meh, meh, or whatever about I, that's it. That's what like, I was reading recently about right. the PVP stuff. Yeah. Right. Now, the the to be fair, and and why is this the reference point? Because as a result of this, Matt Fior, who is the uh what's the title? Uh, studio director. Studio creator. director credit. Yeah. He's like the director over the game's overall development, right? Yeah. Um so he put out a, a, a statement and I'll read some of that because I do have this linked in my discord because we got the, their bot that kind of like pops their news post stuff. I got to say this. OK, someone took the clip. It's out of freaking context. Right. This is important. I So as much as I will do my best to be objective. Right. I do my best to be fair. So to be fair. It's important that people that are upset about some of the stuff, which I can understand, which I've talked about, it's important to note that they took this and they totally it's out of context, man. They took it completely out of context and framed it like she was going, oh, it doesn't matter. We're just kind of, you know, QQ or whatever. People that have problems with this. She, they had discussion was actually about accessibility options, like for people with colorblind you know, colorblindness and things of that nature, right? And this person was actually talking about something a little bit different. So to be fair, it is an out-of-context clip that's being framed differently than it actually is, you know, exists as, like that conversation as a whole exists as. So I've got to say, but the segue is that, so he went and he posted a, uh, a forum post, I believe. And in the forum post, it was basically an ESO PVP update. And this was in this month, right? Said it's long past due to give everyone an update on where we are with PVP improvements, right? Said many of you know, we did a series of tests over the last year, which they did uh, for that. They recently had posted something as well in regard to the um, development uh, for Battlegrounds because part of those tests over the past year um, were making changes to Cyrodiil PVP, which is the large scale PVP that exists in the game. This is the massive uh, PvP zone that you can go partake in. So you can go into Cyrodiil and you can have this big, large scale combat situation. It's freaking lots of fun. Problem is, ever since the beginning of the game's launch, it's been plagued with performance issues. Um, so they've been doing different things in different campaigns where CP is enabled and isn't enabled in others, where proc sets do go off, where they don't in others. And then... In Battlegrounds, they've been doing these things where they flip it and they're going like, you know, uh, only deathmatch, only deathmatch matchmaking. Um, they had previously like um, Chaos Ball and um, basically like capture the flag elements and like holding control point elements and just deathmatch. There's different ones. Um, and, and those haven't really been enabled for a while. So they talked about the long and short of it, though, is that they've been testing a lot of things. And he kind of made points about talking about the game's launch in 2014 up to 2022. Said in order to give everyone a good play experience in high intensity situations like PvP and trials, we need to essentially rewrite some of the foundational server code to account for it. And this should dramatically increase server performance. But obviously, this will need to be tested and evaluated as we go forward. They said also... 
that they've made some changes talking about multi-speed processes so if you pay attention in the game settings you can go in there and activate uh multi-threading or multi-thread rendering whatever it is mm-hmm. um so it does it does has increased performance in my opinion it has helped but there are still issues with like desyncing and or just activation of skills not going off. It still happens to me all the time. It's super hit or miss. They said a re-architecture of this magnitude will require the entire game to be retested and evaluated. Well, right. yeah, because he dives, he dove into because I, mm-hmm. I did read that article earlier today. Um, and he was talking about how, you know, they have to rewrite source code yep. in order to fix it. Yep. And rewriting source code is not something you just mm, do because no. it impacts the entire game and hundreds if not thousands of subsystems and doing something like that can potentially you know mm. be a undertaking that's going to bury your team for the next six months because they unlock a whole bunch of cans of worms right that you didn't want to unlock which is why they've probably avoided touching it. Uh, it sounds to me like why they've avoided touching. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, from my perspective, though, you build a game over the years when this is an issue and you don't address it early on. Yes, I have like they're addressing what, in my opinion, should have been addressed like year one. And like actually gone, we need to be doing this and that should have well, been also, there. though, you know, fair point. But I would yeah. also like to say playing devil's advocate mm. here because I'm not invested in that game Fair. as much, but I can say I'm from the perspective am, yeah. of the game having just been out at that point in time, they may not have had a big enough of a PVP player base to justify spending the time and resources to fix an issue that they saw as a minimal distraction. Cause maybe only 2% of the player base was affected by it. Now it's grown to the point where maybe 25% of the player base is complaining about it. And now it's become a big enough distraction that it's like, Oh, well shit. We've actually got a huge portion of our player base who pay us money who want to see this thing fixed. Because this goes back to, in my mind, the discussion about whether or not a game should include Linux and Mac at the same time as they release on the PC. And I am absolutely against that. I am absolutely against a game releasing on PC, Linux, and Mac all at the same time. If you're a small team with a limited budget because... It is a statistical fucking fact that Mac users are a a single digit percentage of the people who play video games. It is also a fact that the Linux user base is generally less, less than a single percent in terms of the amount of those people who Mm -hmm. actually play a game on that system. So when we're talking about something that's, less than a single percent and in the single digits there is no fucking reason yeah. to waste resources on fixing issues for those people or developing things for those people because it's just not a big enough play race that's the only reason i spun that back around is because Fair. i have no idea what their data was like back then Who knows? i i don't disagree with you though because right. when you start having a problem like that yeah you should be fixing it right away but it might have been oh it's such a small percentage of the player base let's just roll with it and see if it fixes itself or if they go away, <laughs> you know, you know what I'm wondering. Genuinely, I, it's cool that they're doing it. I, I, my, the reason I say that is I worry it's a little too late, though. Sure, I, I worry well, that you built on that yeah. game so much over the years that there's so many things now that that code are like change could impact that I don't know if it can be done. Again, Kinda I don't like have the, the info, but 
that's like kind of going back to the say World of Warcraft classic server discussion about mm-hmm. what can they realistically bring back from beyond a certain point. Because once you've updated the infrastructure past a certain point, you can't go back beyond that point. There is a point of no return yeah. where you just you can't go back any further. Um, mm. It's no different than like a bank, you know, or a credit card company. They only keep your digital statements for so many years before they say "fuck off." Mm-hmm. You know, we're not we don't have records of that stuff anymore. I think it's like seven years or something. Um, yeah, I mean, like this is one of the things with ashes of creation that I've always like really been happy with because they're like, even when Jeff was still there and like Steven on some of the live streams are like, look, the game is in a development phase where we can work on things like this before all these layers come in the future that it's, you know, this is a foundation. We can work on the foundation. Now it's still a good time to do that. We want to do that before we build on it. Because once we start building on that, it's going to be a lot harder to manage that later. And that was an important reference point to be coming from a game and development that, because when I look at it, my perspective has always been the longer that, that the Elder Scrolls online continues to like build upon this foundation, the more cracked it gets and the less likely you're going to be able to support all that stuff that's built on it. Mm -hmm. I'm not a developer. I can't speak to code. I'm just talking as a guy with life experience and, recognizing patterns and things that work and don't work and seeing them in different games, different, whatever. And that from my perspective is like the big thing. So when I was going to say open world, I did want to say that game Hogwarts legacy looks like it might be coming out sooner. And while I enjoy Harry Potter and I don't know that I would play a Harry Potter game, this one I might because it's an action RPG. It's an open world rpg and i don't feel like there's a lot of those to really enjoy it's not so this is funny that you mentioned this game the other day on your mm-hmm. youtube channel because um that's one of the games that i wanted a next gen console for nice. because i'm a huge not as big as my brother my brother for him because he was he, he was coming of age at the time that harry right. potter was coming out so he grew up with harry potter so my brother and his wife my sister-in-law they're both huge into harry potter whereas mm-hmm. i just i read the series through once thought it was great seen the movies through twice they were fun um i've never played any other piece of harry potter medium but when i saw the trailer for this game last year or whenever mm-hmm. it was they announced it i went oh shit like i'm gonna play this game nice. like this is gonna be a fun experience um so if it does come out sooner rather than later i have my my xbox is prepped and ready yeah it looks like it's gonna be mainly console too so i don't know that yeah. it's coming to PC, which I'm a little sad about, but I need to look and see if it's going to be coming out on the Switch because that's the only console I've got because Zelda reasons. Sure, yeah. and I'm I'm I wish Zelda. Yeah, hmm. there are ways for me to play Zelda without the Switch, but oh yeah, I, I just I wish those that. Um, <sighs> I love those games, but I hate. The God, Switch I love Zelda games, man. I hate the Switch controller. I love the Sw- I love the Zelda games, but mm. I hate the Switch controller. Um. And I know there are ways around that, you know, and everything else, but yeah, it man. Is what it is. So, yeah, so I was reading. So we had narrower who was here earlier in chat and he was talking about how the looks like the the main community moderator for Ashes looks like they're actually leaving. And I'm like, damn, dude, it's it's hard to see. It's it's also like really strange because I mean, we'll be talking about this more on the Ashes Pathfinder podcast Sunday, but it's strange to see. I guess I haven't been in, involved in an in an MMO that's been in development this long 
where I've experienced, I've experienced the turnover, but not experienced it. Like, I guess I'm experiencing it with this game because, you know, people are there, they're there for years. It's not like they're just like in and out They're, You know, it just, it seems like they're gone quick because the game's not out yet. When in, you know, realistically, they're actually there for a pretty good amount of time, like three to five like, years um, for some of them. I can't remember the name of the producer. I was reading about him yesterday and I'd, I'd forgotten all about him. But he was a producer uh, alongside. If you've ever watched any of the documentaries with with Star Wars, he was uh, he had a goatee, and that was it. No mustache, goatee, and that was because he was a Quaker, and so that's like part of the religious thing. But he's one of the main producers, if not, I think he was the main producer on Star Wars: Empire Strikes Back and um, American Graffiti and stuff. But then between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, him and George Lucas had a major difference of opinion with where the franchise was heading. Um, and he was no longer producer and, and he went off and did mm. other things. And it just got me thinking about in the grand scope of things. If you think about the, the, the grand scope of the star Wars franchise, two movies as a very small run. When you consider that, that there have been nine films out of that entire franchise, plus standalone features and TV shows and all this other stuff. Mm. But because growing up, those two films, A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, were such you know important films from my childhood. You know, it felt like a long time. But the only reason I mentioned that is because of what you were just saying about people who who come and go. I, I mean, I think turnover is important for certain things because people's priorities change over yeah. time. Um, however, there's also the flip side of that coin, and my wife and I have been having this conversation recently because. Um, uh, just life. And, you know, I was laid off from my day job. And so there's, you know, I'm, I'm, I have an extension, a contract and stuff. So it's, it is what it is, but it, it also brought, you know, into perspective that it's also unfortunate that turnover has become such a big part of every workplace anymore, because mm -hmm. it almost feels like there's no such thing as loyalty anymore um, from, any you know it's it's a big conversation um but turnover can happen because of creative differences it can happen because of you know th people's priorities change in, in terms of what they want to work on the company's budgets might i was just reading an article today about a company who's cutting the pay for people who are on at-home covid leave and the company is like very cruelly and coldly cutting their sick pay in half and the excuse they gave was, well, we have to balance – this was the fucked up part. We have to balance shareholder needs with company needs. And it's like that's a oh. fucked up place to be where you're having to satisfy the profit margins of your shareholders. And they're going, we don't give a fuck if people are sick. Cut their pay because we need to make our 12% this yeah, year. Yeah, that's rough, dude. And that that is where – the other side of that equation comes into play where sometimes turnover has nothing to do with the individual in question and it has to do with shareholders and yeah. the investors saying this needs to happen otherwise we're pulling our money out of your company and that's a that's a that's a whole nother can of worms yeah, it is i'm um this this one's gonna be on your your radar we're, we're gonna come back on this one and talk about about I mean, we're talking about investors and games and development and embers adrift, man. Like I, I wasn't expecting that we were going to be hitting on this one soon. We talked about it last time, right? Formally, sure. 
from 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 to the general person you're gonna go what's numbers drift it's formally from my perspective i just view it as formally chron um uh, <laughs> i almost see that so bad uh formerly saga leukemia um i guess i'm just so used to talking about chronicles of Illyria, right but yeah it saga leukemia so john gust right embers adrift executive producer took to the forums in a state of the game now if you remember we talked about this last time and talked about the steam the team at stormhaven studios uh, as an increased testing schedule changes to combat and much more took shape so it kind of like sounds like they're kind of hitting on people's complaints from that trailer we saw about like the combat and how it looks and all of that, the animation, etc. This was um, to the game trailer released on January 1st, if you didn't catch it. And the forum post began by detailing, touching their new weekend testing schedule. Those that pre-ordered the game were finally allowed to hop in for a full weekend test through December, um, a trend that's since stuck and now part of the ongoing testing schedule. Changes in the design, combat, and progressions were also a few of the big changes that they delivered. Now, this, this is the part I'm going to read. Now, for the full... State of the game. I'm going to link it in chat here and you can check it out. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but there's a public post. It's quite long. Um, there's a couple images. That's about it. And this is the thing. So he said, and quote, we understand that buying into a pre-launch game isn't for everyone, though, as it involved feedback, iteration and character wipes. Nonetheless, we appreciate your ongoing um uh, following along in our development we'll see it launch later this year so this is their official game trailer here's my thing right it seemed from my perspective to be framed as this is our launch trailer but then when i go and i read this when i go and i read it it's like i see this like buying into a pre-launch of the game it's going to be launching later this year. So I'm actually a little confused. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a good that that was a perspective I hadn't considered before because they did. Don't they call it a launch trailer? I thought so. Am I just reading this wrong? You see what my see my perspective here? So let me go back to clicking on, on the this. YouTube channel right now. Yeah. It literally says official game trailer is what it says. It says official game trailer. I see that yep. and I think this is your launch trailer. So do you see? How this is confusing. This narrative is it's this official game trailer. Thank you, Cheryl chat. So there we go. It, it's a little confusing that you're talking about, like how you're going to be in for wipes. It's a, you're going to be part of a pre-launch if you pre-order or if you order the game. So I'm already going. It seems like you're talking about launching the game. Now I, I feel like what we're I feel like it's conflicting information for me because I see official game trailer, which to me says launch and you're talking about the game's launch but then when you actually look at this like what i'm actually seeing is talking about being part of our development the games get planned to launch later this year and i'm going that sounds a little sus man like it sounds a little weird to me because as a consumer i don't is the game even gonna launch later this year or like what what do you mean there was, um, I think it's in, if you read the MMORPG coverage of that, I think it's the coverage of that press Looking release. At it. It, might, it, it might be the previous one. One of the MMORPG articles um, that came out recently, one of the critiques that was brought up was when they released all the, the new footage and people were asking, wait a second, 
you said that you were launching in the early part of 2022. You've launched this, you've released this launch trailer, this official trailer, and you say that you're shortly away from launch, but then when we read your press releases and your patch notes, you're constantly talking about how you're you're still changing and evolving the base code for combat and the base mechanics for combat and your races, excuse me, your classes. None of this seems to be set in stone, and yet you're supposedly just a few months away from launch. Like, this is not me, by the way, FYI. This is commentary on MMORPG.com. Yes, right. Lest anyone think yeah, yeah. that I'm bad-mouthing. Um, yeah. You can go read this, but the yeah. commentary was to the to the um, question of, if you're so close to launch, why are you constantly talking about you're you're in a continual state of flux? That's my point. You're you're bringing up the same it, commentary that other people were bringing up. Yes. yes. It just it's strange, right? Because it's like I feel like it's being framed. Like from my perspective, it seems like it's being framed in a way that hey, this is launching. Come get in on the game. That's the frame I'm seeing. But then when you read this and you see what other people are talking about, it's like you see people are hopeful. You see people that are a lot of even more are actually. I mean, look, the world looks all right, but the combat looks dreadful, in my opinion. And the fire and smoke still alpha, I guess they're not even clear. This is my point. People aren't even clear. Something to build on. Didn't this start the project in 2015? This is what they got after six years of development. These are the reoccurring like comments and trends. So, yeah. Oh, man. And then you get this one better than some other games have shown. KOE, COE, cough, cough. So you see this, like the pace of combat looks like hot garbage. So people are criticizing the, the way the combat looks, the fluidity in it, the game's development so far. And then, and then you got people that are like where I'm at, I'm going, dude, I don't even know. I actually thought that this was supposed to be a launch trailer. It is. I mean, if you read it, it literally says official game trailer. It's, that is, that means that's their launch trailer. Um, it, yeah. it's kind of, you're not wrong when you talk about how, if it's a launch trailer, why are you still talking about changing fundamental features of the game? And you're supposedly yeah. and, and this brings up critiques that other people again, other people, not me, go read the MMRPG.com forums. Weird. There's also comments at massively OP. The question that was made was um, you know, if 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 you are fully funded, as a press release statement was made, um, then why are there still changes being made? you know, to a game that's so close to being launched. And why are you taking, why are you continually pushing for pre-order sales if the game is fully funded? Um, was something else I've read in the comments there. Um, because it does seem like that pre-order store is being pushed very heavily. Um, the last few, well, this month, I guess, since they reopened the, right. Launched all their new game footage. Um, yeah. I am curious, man. Cause I, <sighs> I was an alpha tester, so I can't talk about any of that stuff, right? But I can say I am curious to jump on because I'm curious. And the sad part is, is even if I checked that out to see what was different, I wouldn't be able to talk about it anyway. So 
So it's like there's a part of me that wants to look, though, because like from my perspective at this time, it looks like they just changed the name and chose to change what the story was going to be. But from my perspective as someone and this is also on my YouTube because you can see me running with the devs and playing the game in one of the videos, you know, it, it looks like the same world to me in a lot of ways. I mean, I can see that there's not that like clunky, weird ankle thing that was going on back in the day. But right, and that's just that's just natural improvement over yeah. time. The only thing the only thing and this goes back to what we talked about last week. The only thing that they've done, as far as I'm aware, is they stripped all of our uh, all of my saga of leukemia related yeah, story stuff art and mm. story stuff out, put their own the... little unique stuff about the embers and stuff. But the core gameplay is still based on all the design documents that I wrote back in 2014. So that's all still there. And I can say that because n th there's only one person on the team who was there at that point mm. in time in 2014 when those game design documents were written. There's no one else on the team that was there at that point in time. So nobody on that team can claim that they wrote or contributed to game design that was based on that stuff from 2014 because that was all done back then mm. and anybody who's been around for a long time knows that like the whole campfire system that was original stuff classless design was based on saga of leucemia because humans yeah you know all the elves and dwarves were in hiding the ellen high and dwarves were in hiding so sticking with humans from a logistical standpoint makes sense because we don't have to develop any assets for that so why waste time doing that mm. but that's not a conscious decision that's a well if we don't have to design that extra yeah. why why do that kind of thing but all of those core mechanics are still in place um i don't I, I can't see that 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 much has changed so there was a there was another cut topic on the uh, massively op website which i'm not gonna like share that article but there was like i thought it was an it was this part specifically is something that resonated with me and I, I don't have the article. I'm not going to share it because it was literally like a line out of a part of it somewhere. And it was basically talking about the depth of MMORPGs and why the depth of the MMO world matters. Mm. And I thought that was, that was a really important takeaway. It's something I, I feel more and more regularly that I find myself coming back to and trying to to reinforce that that like discussion because you know it's it, like new world this was part of the reason that uh, new world sort of like didn't didn't connect with me um i didn't see a depth to the world i didn't see any presentation now ashes of creation it's the game I, i'm backing and supporting i've created coverage around five years plus now <clears throat> and at this point in time they talked about that the the narrative for that world was one that they wanted people to discover on their own in the game. So they don't want to give too much away. Even a game saying they want to keep the majority of it close to the chest has given us at this point in time so much more than I see in so many games that prepare to launch. And to me, for them to be saying we're going to keep it close to the chest and this is still what they can share Versus a game that's like not sharing really anything enough for me to go. I feel like I got an idea about the world, like and what the, the journey's about, like why we're here, what we're doing. So they deliver on what I view as a depth to the world without giving us too much of the narrative itself. So I think that is important, like from a foundational standpoint, I think that for an MMORPG, I believe just my thoughts here that you've got to deliver on that because then people know 
or at least have an idea of like their purpose outside of systems. And I think New World was like, here are the systems you can play with. But I don't think purpose wise for the character, for me, it was never like, here's why you're here to do this. Embers Adrift is hitting the same marker that New World did for me. And that's I don't know why I want to do this. Why do I what am I here for? What are we doing when it was previously Saga of Leucemia? I had an answer to that question. Real talk. I understood. Yeah, I mean, yeah because it was following the storyline of the book, which was we're going to go find magic and bring it back to the world. So yeah, that's it was outlined on the site, too. Yeah, it was well, right there on the site. Right. Like, here's the races that we're going to be bringing back. Yeah. They're in hiding. Here's the reason they're in hiding. Um, you know, all the story based reasons yeah. and everything else. Um, yeah, I mean, I I can't speak much to the story that they have right now because again i i don't i haven't seen anything that speaks to story um exactly i think you mentioned mentioned last week they had written some lore snippets but but they seem like notes like some journal entries but they're just to me they seemed very ambiguous well that's what i was going to get at it was like it felt like they could have come from any fantasy world um yeah 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 exactly if that makes sense yes um I don't know. Um, yeah, it's just super unclear. And, and and I actually really like this comment from Wolf McGee here. It said that make, <clears throat> excuse me, that make the feel of the game seem more intense and makes you want to find out info. Right. Yes. Piques your curiosity. Story. Yes. That's what story is. Story. Yeah. I don't know. I, I did see one. I saw a little guy, a little uh, content creator today <laughs> who did a video like about five or six upcoming MMORPGs. And I and I didn't really watch the full video, but he mm. did mention Embers Drift in passing. And the one things he one of the, the one of the reasons he had mentioned it in the scope mm. of his overall video was talking about. And then this is this is this was one of the things I wanted to briefly talk about. He was saying games that have the old school feel. And his reference of this was more related to the slow paced combat of EverQuest 1, where you had to have six to eight people to take down a single mob. Right? Yeah, yeah. But that doesn't, that doesn't refer to, because EverQuest had a lot more going on than just the slow paced combat. It was, there was a low magic world. Right. You know, I mean, yeah. there was a lot of other stuff going on that pulled you into the universe beyond just slow combat. So it's like if all you have is slow combat, I don't know. I mean, there has to be more to it for a game to be successful. But I, I do. I mean, your point is valid, I think, in the sense that if you're presenting a game trailer and saying that it's your official launch trailer. um Why are the press releases making statements that the game is still in a state of flux? and that nothing is settled and we're still doing all these changes and we're still not even in beta yet. So we're not even in beta, but we're presenting you with a launch trailer. It does. That is very confusing. Um, it is, not, it is very confusing. And it is, I don't really know, like understand like what's going on here. And this is, they're making them, I said this last week, they're making the mistakes that I always have criticisms of, which is well, why, why do I want to play it? What are we doing here? Instead, it just when it feels like it's just a lot of flash words, like like the embers, you know, the embers and like be a light in the darkness. This this 
you know, I'm a, I'm a paladin light bringer, right? I'm all about being a light in the darkness for a lot of reasons, like as a human being, like in, in a game, I love that stuff. Right. So that sort of stuff, like that, 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 that wording resonates for me and it's going to cause me to be interested, but you know, on a superficial level. So I want to know, but I also am like, I don't feel like this, this, uh, portrayal of whatever it doesn't feel very authentic i guess that's what i'm hitting at it seems it doesn't seem authentic because you're showing me a game trailer you're using tag words and phrases but i don't know why i want to be there it doesn't even seem like it, it might be authentic to what an mmorpg is supposed to be is where's the role-playing game I, I feel like i'm seeing snapshots of systems flash words but why am I here? What's what are we doing here? What what's the purpose of a character? Um, none of that's there. And it was before. And it was presumably supposed to be at a much earlier state of development. So it feels like going backwards with less clarity. And less understanding about what's happening here. And. The the video presents like it's a launch or getting getting ready for a launch but the dialogue on forum posts and stuff like that is we're still in early development launching later this year so that seems even that that phrasing right there even seems contradictory because it you does can't, you can't be in early access like you can't still be in development and a few months no. away from launch like if you're a few months away from launch you're supposed to be in polish phase which means you're not making changes to combat, right. you're not making changes to classes yeah. and skills, and you're polishing, you're bug fixing, you're removing bugs, you're tweaking the animations, you're optimizing the game, you're fixing up all of the VFX, you're making sure there's no more bugs in your content, yeah. you, picked up, you know, crossed all those T's, dotted all those I's, put the commas where they're supposed to be. Like The last six months of anything is supposed to be beta and polish. Yeah. So it seems you're not wrong. It seems very. And again, not me saying this. This is for the record. Right. Not, not me saying this. It does seem to be very contradictory. Um, Here's it's very funny. I have to yeah. keep spamming that to everybody. I know I'm you do. Sorry. I know. I know. For those of you who don't know, the reason I have to keep yeah. saying that is because anything I can say can potentially be used against me. So I have to make sure that it's in context. Because um, this is the creator of the saga of leukemia IP. Yes, that's why. And, and I'm the if you go back to the secretary yes. of state, I am the founder of Stormhaven Studios. True. And along with my brother and only you got to be yeah. uh, only one other person on the team was there in 2014 in the beginning. So it's a it's a long convoluted. Yeah. Mess. And it's easy for people to go, oh, man, Sim Sim's like kind of taking a side here. And it's like, no, dude, like I don't even understand this because like foundationally, right, you post a video and go, this is a game trailer. Mm -hmm. At that moment, I'm going You're three months away. I ought Minimum. to be able to go to your website and maybe get an idea of the world, see it, see if the you're, races, if, you're, if you're making a launch trailer, sort of you should stuff. be three. Yeah if, yeah. You're, if you're offering people an official game trailer, you're supposed to be three months away max from launch. Um, Anything more than three months and it's not a launch trailer. It's not an official trailer. It's seriously pre alpha tease mm -hmm. like um. See, but it's like it's so vaguely framed. It, yeah, it's like here's a trailer we put together. It's like if you see a trailer like that, you go, 
is like the game first game trailer for the game is preparing to launch, not pre pre alpha or some whatever, whatever. I don't even understand where it's at. So that's my problem is it seems like the forum post was contradictory to the game trailer or the delivery of the game because we were all talking about it last week, like they're getting ready to launch the game. And now we're going, so I guess not anytime soon, question mark. What? Huh? No bueno, friends. That's that's the thing. So and and I go back to it all the time. The depth of the world matters. And, you know, for Ash as a creation, they're in a place. And I'm using it as a reference because that's like the main game I plan to play when it's out. Like, that's the one I'm going to live in and enjoy because of the depth of the world and all this. I already understand. I can sit here and rattle off the lore. I can tell you about the creation story. I can tell you about why we're coming back through the gates for that game. I can tell you about the primary antagonists, even though I don't know who they are. I can talk about this information. I understand the game systems. I understand the types of creatures. I understand the why. I understand the when. And I, the how is to yet be understood fully because that's the narrative I have to explore for myself. That's what they're keeping close to the chest. And that's the bigger bulk of the story anyway. But that's the thing, right? And it's, you could get, you could go, you've had five years to do that. I'm like, yeah, but like technically, I mean, I mean, technically, if, 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 yeah, technically they, they've had time to do that too. I mean, it was like a year ago that we had this discussion about uh, how they were posting about how it wasn't no longer Saga of Leucemia and it's now Embers Adrift, and how they didn't really answer questions the community had about that. They cut their content creator program, which I was a part of, and I'm fine that I'm not a part of it, because I even told them I wouldn't... They were, like, saying, too, which, oh, which is another good point, too, because I got specific people that they clearly paid to promote the game, but they're not even, like, doing this important piece, which is go spread the word. Like, don't just pay a couple people to spread the word, like get engaged in the community, do regular live streams. Like they are posting the YouTube videos, but right. En- but engagement, uh, I, man, like I would like to, your, I would like to say this because if yeah. you, if you remember, and if you can find them, even though they've deleted all of the old YouTube videos or made them, uh, unviewable, yeah. whatever you want to say, you know, I did, I did over 700 videos over the course of like six years. More importantly, you can still Google Saga of Leucemia and my name, and you will find hundreds, mm-hmm. possibly even over a thousand, I don't know, but hundreds at the very least of interviews, yeah, clips, podcasts, videos. vodcasts. I was everywhere because yep. what I used Spreading to do is track all of the incoming links. And anytime I, if, if we popped up on a forum, I went main account on the forum, answered questions. If I popped up on a mm-hmm. Russian website, I used Google Translate, and I was over there talking to the Russian people. I even got interviewed by a Russian MMI, MMORPG site for like six different articles. You know, um, constantly being out there as the face of the company and mm-hmm. building the the reputation about the brand, which is no different than what we're doing FYI right now with with Weave in the Void. Because I just mm-hmm. literally because we just launched all the websites in November launched the demo at the end of October props to simmer for putting up a video of that. Also, Nathan's got a video up on his channel. Um, but like, I just went and did a podcast. It's not gonna be out until February, but I've just started doing the same routine for the weave in the void. Now that we have it out there in the public, 
my brother and I, with my wife, we have a content schedule now, which is nearly daily posts across social media. We have our three times weeklies that we've been doing on Patreon for the past year since last March. I'm doing podcasts, vodcasts, interviews, etc. Like you've got to be going out there because organic matters more than anything else because it's the trust factor. Nobody trusts the shill from McDonald's. I mean, I think I mentioned this on the show last week. Like, but if your buddy tells you the McDonald's good, you go out and get the burger. Oh, yeah, which, I remember that. Um, you know, if if the only thing that you've done is paid other if you've paid content creators and that's the only thing mm. you've done, I have a hard time with any, and this is, I'm not singling them out, by the way. I'm saying, I'm saying this about any company. If a company is on their forums and the company head is saying, we have the best game ever. This is an amazing game. You're going to love this game. I can't do a Trump voice right now. Cause my throat's crap. It's the best game ever, you know? Um, and yet the only content that we see of other people talking about your game is paid material. No one's organically talking about your game. Is it really? Mm, yeah. Is it really the best? Because if it was, then where are the cheerleaders? Like, where are the organic pieces of content springing up around? And Assets of Creation is a good example of this because you have Super hundreds. Yeah. Hundreds of content creators who are not part of the official content creation program. <laughs> creating content i would say it's probably thousands actually um <laughs> thousands of you you know better than i do there is a huge a network lot. of people on an international basis who are thrilled about yes. ashes of creation yep. and they have nothing to do with any sort of paid nope sponsorship program that is proof that the game is actually yep. potentially something really important truth um that proof is in the pudding um as they would say that's like the biggest mm, because like back in the day when we yeah and pantheon's another good example yeah, of that too. you got yeah you got people that and they've been engaging right so like that that engagement is a massive missed opportunity for this game and from my perspective it's probably the thing that's going to hurt it the most i'm just being real i think that that lack of engagement consistently over the game's development like even when they went to embers adrift they've had a whole year now of missed opportunity to where they could be engaging almost a year of missed opportunity to engage and build community a whole year it's like almost a whole year since like they changed the name right or nine months maybe whatever it was maybe well march was when they made their press release and the only in and that was so because go. they got they got pushed into it because mmrpg came to me oh, and said hey maybe. how's how are things going and i went Here's my Patreon post from January. Uh, I'm not uh, involved yeah, that was how I found out. Yeah. yeah. And then that all went viral in all the different places. And then they freaked out and had to make some public statements, um, which are still, by the way, not accurate public statements. Um, well, I mean, they contradict themselves. And so, yeah, it's, I mean, the, there's definitely contradictions between stuff that was being said then up until now and all the public releases. So, I mean, it doesn't make sense between stuff that was like literally public information on forum posts or in their discord, et cetera. Like it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And the, that's my main thing though. It's like, you're talking like since March, that's roughly nine months of time. I don't think then, they did. Right? They didn't do a single, as far as I'm aware, ah. they didn't, they still haven't done a single interview no. 
with any media outlet. Oh. As far as I'm aware, they still no. haven't done a single no. interview with any media. No. Outlet. Responding to trailers or to announcements, yes, but not actual interviews. No. Right. Not that I'm not that I've seen it. I try to track it too. So, yeah. That's it. That's 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 the long and short of it, man. It, and it's important though. This is like in a it's a missed opportunity and it's it's I'm afraid that Embers Adrift is going to be another example now moving forward of like where there's missed opportunities that there could have been a potential possibility of their green growth and and everything else. But like, I just think with an MMORPG, regardless of your game size, if you're not engaging your community consistently throughout the course of development, regardless of how much you want to share and be open with, if you're not engaging in community and allowing them to have that voice, which is why it's important to not censor. There's a difference between not engaging in like, you know, toxic sort of behavior and things of that nature. Ashes of Creation is a good example of that. There were people that were just spreading what were actually just not honest statements. And I can attest to this. Like they were saying things about the game that just fundamentally were not true, you know? And so people would get removed from like the content creator program at the time. And I was in it and I can tell you they weren't true. You know, and I'll say this too, because I'm very usually very open about um, on my YouTube channel, but even I, there is one guy in particular. So I do not have good eyebrows at all. They're very thin <laughs> and, and, and they're blonde to boot. And like, so, I mean, it's maybe 10 or 12 hairs. I do not I'm have like, good eyebrows. You got eyebrows, bro? What? Yeah, <laughs> I know. Like, but I've got one, one fucking troll who comes on my YouTube channel. And makes comments about my <laughs> lack of eyebrows like every month. He'll, and I've just gotten to the point where I got so sick that I'm like, I'm not very – I'm not a self-conscious person. Like I know that I don't have them and I don't care. Yeah. But at some point when he's done it enough times, it's just like, fuck off, fuck off, <laughs> like, fuck off. Like I just – you know, the first two or three times I could make a quirky response – but oh, after like man. the sixth time, it's just like, dude, that's, block. Like that's kind of that's kind of funny though, if you think about it. Maybe I'm just enjoying it because it's my friend getting a lot of shit about nobody seeing their eyebrows. No. But like, Cheryl, this is so funny. My <laughs> wife has actually even said to me, she's like, you could totally go and get like uh, uh, implants now. They'll take care of you <laughs> back of your neck. And like, I'm like, baby, I'm I, I'm I'm gonna be 42 <laughs> on Sunday. I'm beyond the point of giving a shit about having a good eyebrow. <laughs> that's so funny man it's like but you can pencil he's like i don't care i'm done i don't care i want to hear it and i also don't care it's funny man god bless the funny shit oh man i never knew that i'm, I'm now i'm just gonna be like hey ren you heard from the yeah, and every uh, time we do a troll. podcast you're gonna be like because <laughs> it was so funny when I, when I took the fireball to the face like back in april of this year i took all my eyebrows off and lost like my mustache and burnt the shit out of my hand and my sister was like you didn't have any eyebrows to begin with and i was like you know what nah. oh man it's that's actually so funny i'm like i i i partially like i don't know it'll probably happen it'll be like welcome back with no eyebrows today friend fell back yes. to the show i'll probably do it like once at some point not now because it won't have the same effect as it will later but everybody who is here or listens to we'll this we'll know, we'll, we'll know <laughs> and they'll be laughing too and unfortunately the nathan napalm's not here so he won't know and he'll be out of it too and i'm gonna be like bro that's why clips are important 
Gotta Lips love are important. Gotta love Twitch, man. The tools and resources this is why I don't stream anywhere else. That's why I probably never will, because it's just too damn good over here as a live streamer. Sorry, it's a, it is. It just is. But too many tools, man. There are too many good, amazing tools. Also, I have more emote slots than I can fill right now, and I'm freaking working on it. I'm getting there, man. I got to clean up my emote slots. But like, man, they recently added follower emotes, too. I was like, oh, my gosh. You can like have five. Anyway, this is totally a Twitch rant. So if you don't like it, eh. but I am stoked. I'm like, dude, I can have five emotes there. Plus like the however many for the different tiers, plus animated ones, plus cherry emotes, plus ones for unlocking at different tier levels. I have more freaking space than I can. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, now you just got to make emotes for your channel where you don't have eyebrows. <laughs> I'm sorry, not sorry, a little bit. It's fine. Yeah. Little 10 hairs. So I'm working right now and I got a homie helping. Alphina's helping out. Plus, I'm like kind of restructuring some. I added the good old Phoenix that it's been alive and kicking here for a long time, but I added it as an emote and I got the Phoenix up there. My nice. Phoenix up there, right? So we're going to be getting some more coming up real soon. Though I'm working on kind of fleshing out the rest of this stuff and things, including emotes and the extended sub badges, which I'm working on. So really appreciate all the people that support this channel, this content, this podcast. And on that note, I'm going to let Renfield shout out his places and domains so you can catch him and his projects when he's not here on this podcast. Yeah. So this is going to be fun, too, because I'm I'm on the march yes. to a thousand with my personal YouTube channel. Get and it. I put out a YouTube short yesterday. And I told my, everybody, if I hit a thousand subscribers by the end of January, which would be a, a massive bump, I doubt it'll happen. But if it does, I will dye the mustache and beard based on a community poll. So if you want to get in on that, you got to go over to my personal YouTube you channel, youtube.com forward slash Renfail. However, everything else I do is related to the Weave in the Void. So if you want to check that stuff out, it's over at our patreon.com forward slash Wandering Hermits and all the Weave and Void social media. And don't forget... Sunday nights with Sim, Nathan Sparrow, Bounty Code, my brother and my wife uh, on the Twitch Weave and Void account. Yeah. We are doing D&D, &D, &D. and we're going to be back for Session 8 this Sunday. What are you at over there anyway? I'm out of curiosity. You're, ooh, you're up to almost uh, 80 now. You're getting there. Nice. Yeah, and I think I think we had like, we got like 80 <clears> followers <throat> and like 12 subs. And I think a couple have fallen off because I think they're... Happens. I think they're probably the the prime ones that people forget yeah. to renew and stuff. you got to renew so those unfortunately i i forget all, they don't auto renew yeah yeah it's all coming along so it's it's been pretty cool to watch that growth happen as we've been yes. building that channel and we're almost to the point i don't think we i think once we hit 100 followers mm -hmm. i'll probably reach out to fantasy grounds and see if we can cool. maybe do some sort of a sponsorship deal with That'd them be sick. um because I feel like we've got a big enough draw between the Twitch channel, the YouTube channel, the Discord, all this other stuff. I feel like we're getting there so we could maybe work something out with them because we are be sick, you know, yeah. exclusively using so the food for thought as we continue to, to grow everything with, yes. with all of the stuff we're doing there. Yeah, they seem pretty good about mutual support, too. So oh, they're, they're retweeting all our stuff. So. Yeah, I dig it. Um, yes. So if you're here with me on Sunday, right, for the Ash Pathfinder podcast, always look in Discord. If you are in our Discord.gg forward slash my name, Simorg, go over there, 
join our Discord, and you'll notice we've got channels for, um, well, we've got one specifically where I announced when we're going uh, live with the Weave in the Void. Um, also, I've got shorts on our YouTube channel, one of the YouTube channels, the Samorg one, where this podcast is posted. So if you want to kind of like kind of get a taste for some of the stuff that's going on during that campaign, um, I've got... I've got some going out every day or two over there in in, uh, in short form. So you can check those out. Um, I think we had the, oh, I think I actually recently uploaded the, uh, the orc toe one, which I think you actually had one that went on the weave in the void YouTube too. It was I just, like, well, I know I threw, yeah. I threw one out today on my, on my on Twitch, the, the <laughs> 10 toes. Yours yes. is a different one, I think, but I did the 10 toes stew one today. Yeah. It's outstanding. And everybody will be back next week, probably with Nathan joining us. Um, so as always, much love to you all. Thank you so much. We will be back next week. Ransom plenty until next week. Y'all have a great night. Walk in the light. Stay safe, stay warm and cozy. We'll see you again real soon, friends.